I'm going to show you a picture on the screen of a bridge that was, uh, did you turn it on? Yeah. Okay. Good, thank you. She's, uh, go to the, go ahead, there you go. You may recognize this bridge in the Ukraine. And uh, of course, you know what's going on, that the Russians have invaded Ukraine and what a terrible thing. And to slow down the invasion, this is weeks ago, the Ukrainians blew up one of their own bridges about a, a 30 minutes away from uh, Kiev to try to slow down the Russian advance. And uh, these are some of the pictures of it. And you probably recognize it from uh, seeing it on TV. But as I was watching the next picture, I was just impressed with, there's so many things going on, but they told the story of a 20-something-year-old girl who just said, I just want to have a life. I just want to be able to go to work. I want to get married and have a family. I just want a normal life, but I have to leave to do that. And she had to leave her family, and all she had with her was a little dog, and she had a backpack on, and the only thing in the backpack, she says, was a, a, a small amount of food for me and the dog. She said, otherwise, I just have to go. And as I was preparing this message, I was thinking, you know, how you prepare and how you pack for any kind of trip, it has a lot to do with where you're going and what kind of hurry you're in. And so obviously she packed in a way that also showed where she was going and what her plans were, even though they were very, they were, uh, she had very thin plans of what she was going to do. She just needed to escape. But in the passage we're going to look at today, the biblical writer, Dr. Luke, is letting us look over the shoulder and listen in on Jesus' meeting with his disciples, and he's instructing them how to go on a missions trip that he's about to send them on. And I think there's some lessons here that we can learn and observe as we listen in in this process. If you'll open your Bible, it's Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Now, whether we acknowledge it or not, or understand it or not, or really keep it in our consciousness all the time, we're all, when we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we're all on a missions trip for God's glory. Amen? All of us, our, our, our lives are a missions trip. And God is interested in us being prepared for what he's called us to do. He's interested in us being prepared, prepared for what he may call, cause, call us to do in the future. And the neat thing is, God wants our cooperation and involvement in what he wants to see done. And we get to work together with God. And as a result of this, great things can happen. And he lets us in on some, sometimes even on the planning and the preparation and the implementation of what he wants to get done. And, you know, it's, the world is going through some difficult times right now. Our government's going through some difficult times right now. And some may even say these are dark times. But I'll tell you this, these are exciting times to see what God can do and what God will do. Because we're talking about God here. And God wants us to be a part of what he wants to see done. So look at Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. He said, he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure all diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and don't bring two tunics apiece. 
Whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And whoever will receive you when you go into that city, uh, whoever will not receive you when you go into that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and they went through all the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. This is going to be very quick, but I have six M's that are part of Jesus' mapped out plan for the disciples' missions trip. And I would just say this about missions in our lives in general. You know, God uh, gives us both, uh, you know, some people are full-time missionaries, some people are short-term missionaries, some people are home missionaries, but God gives us certain skills and interests, and sometimes even interests in certain people groups, and I think these things all come from God. And God puts these desires in our hearts and these interests And it's all to help the mission for his glory and for the good of mankind. So I want you to know, whatever your diverse interests are, if they're godly, God can use them. But first, number one is the mission. And this mission had to do with doing good. He called the 12 together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. I wish I had that power this morning because we'd be having this meeting this morning down at the local hospital in the nursing home and we'd, we'd empty that place out. Amen? That's what we did. That, that was the gift that they had. It's not one necessarily we have. You know, sometimes it's interesting because there's kind of, kind of some criticism of missions that we're messing up these pure, untouched cultures, these innocent people groups, that missionaries are actually corrupting them. Well, I'll tell you this. We're missionaries to Liberia, and we find that the people in Liberia most generally appreciate missionaries because of all the good the missionaries have done in their country, from hospitals to medical clinics to literacy and education. And that's just to name a few of the things that missionaries brought to Liberia to help it. So part of our mission as missionaries and as human beings on this earth is to do good. Good works that God has foreordained that we should walk in them. Then the second one is the message. Preach the message. And he said to them, preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. True gospel mission is not just about doing good works, but also bring the message that God wants to share. Now, I'm going to preach, not going to preach the whole gospel here, but whenever I think of the gospel, I think of two things. Who Jesus is and what he did. Who he is, he's God, come down from heaven in person in the incarnation of Jesus Christ to teach us about God, but to die in our place to offer us forgiveness of sins that we could never earn or deserve. That's who he is and what he did. And uh, that's part of the uh, universal message that sinners like us can be reconciled to a holy God because that God himself died in our place on the cross. Amen? That's why it's called the gospel. And of course, you know the word gospel means good news. So missionaries need to not only do good, but they also need to share the message. Now for Jesus' disciples, they had this super great power, power over demons, and they had the power to heal diseases. And that was the gifts that they had for that time. And I would just say this, what are your gifts? What are your skills? What are your interests? God can use those things on on the mission field, both here and abroad. And so whatever and how diverse those interests are, you might find very well that those skills are needed on the mission field. So let's go from the mission to the message to number three, the method. 
Get going, leave few encumbrances. Get going, leave few encumbrances. Look at verse 3. And he said to them, take nothing for the journey, neither staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and don't have two tunics apiece. He's saying two coats. Don't even bring two coats with you. So we saw the lady who was fleeing from the Ukrainian war, and of course she only had a backpack and the clothes on her back. And uh, what it's talking about here is, you know, there are people who are being held back from doing what God wants them to do for a number of reasons. And sometimes that is someone, or it's something, or it's some fear that holds them back. And just think about what Jesus was telling his disciples. He's saying, don't bring anything more than the clothes on your back to go on this trip. And I would say that causes us to really begin to evaluate what we're holding on to that could hold us back from missions. Because we don't want that to happen. We want to go where God wants us to go and do what God wants us to do. And then the means, look for opportunities God will provide. Look for opportunities God will provide. Look at verse 4. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there, depart. It's interesting because it's saying, don't shop around for a better place to stay. But also, there was a cultural issue here that I think Jesus was addressing. And that was, it was common for Jews, because of the way the Near East, uh, how the P Near Eastern people are, is hospitality was important to them. So if you visited one house and you got to know the neighbors, the neighbors say, hey, when you're done there, stay with me. And when you're done there, stay with me. And what Jesus is saying is, that hospitality stuff, he wasn't against it. He was just saying, your mission is to tell the people what I want you to tell them. So when you go to one town, just stay in one place, and from there, go to another place. Don't get trapped in this social uh, needing to go stay at everybody's house, because you actually are on a mission. And sometimes there are all kinds of things that can keep us from doing what God wants us to do. But also, some people have just little trust that God can provide what they need. And I'm not just talking about money. You know, everybody thinks of missionaries and missionaries want money. I just want to tell you, as a missionary, you would be very surprised how low money is on the priority of what we walk around thinking about. God is the cattle on a thousand hills. Money is not one of my major issues. There's much more issues that are much more important, like boldness and opportunity and being where God wants you to be. Those are much more powerful ever than money. And of course, when Jesus is telling his disciples to go on this trip, he tells them, don't even take money with you. Wow, I wish I could go to the mission field like that without any money at all. So what keeps you from preparing or embarking on the mission you believe God may be calling, to, calling you? Is it certain possessions, certain things you own or position that you have? Is it friends or even family? You know, it's, it's, it's tough to think about, but there are many people, I think, who are, have difficulty doing uh, what God wants them to do because of their, even own, their own family holds them back from doing that. So I would just say to you, what are the things that you feel like you can't live without? And I just know for Kathy and I, when we first went into uh, missions years ago, but even recently we became missionaries with ABWE to go, to, to go in and out of Liberia, I, before that, we had our own house and we, uh, we um, lived like anybody else. I was a pastor of a church in Michigan. I had, we had a dog that we loved very much. We had a cat that we loved very much. And I had a parrot 
And parrots bond with one person for life, and I was that parrot's mate whether I liked it or not. And so if Kathy or one of my kids wouldn't put their hand in the, uh, in the parrot's cage, look out, because he was going to bite them. But as soon as I opened the door, on my shoulder and preening me. And I love animals. I'm not Dr. Doolittle, but it's close. But we knew when we were going to be missionaries, we could no longer have those animals. And so I want to tell you, it was a sacrifice. And God will you know, ask you to sacrifice certain things. But I'll just tell you this. God won't take away anything in a way that's going to separate you from his love or from him showing his love to you. So those are some things that we sometimes have to give up. So we look at the mission and the message and the method and even the means. And number five is missing out. Now, if people don't receive you or the message, they're the one that's missing out. Look what it says in verse 5. And whoever will not receive you when you go out from that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And I don't know about you, but I hate rejection. Somebody said, how can you be a missionary? Because you're talking about people, about God, and people will reject that message. And yes, they will sometimes. I get sick to my stomach about it. I'm nervous about it. I'm upset about it. No one likes to be rejected by people. But Jesus is telling them this. The bigger problem is if they reject you and the message and you as missionaries, they're the ones missing out on the blessing I want to give them, including eternal life. Amen? They're the ones who are missing out. And that's a very sad situation. And it's one that when you're going to address someone and share the gospel with them, it changes your perspective that this isn't about rejecting me. It's that they're stiff-arming the good that God wants to bring in their life. And that's very difficult. And I think it even changes the way that you talk to someone because you know you're like the doctor saying, I've got the right medicine for what's bothering you, but you're telling me you're refusing to take it. And, and that's, a, that's a tough situation to be in, but one that we can really carry a lot of love with us as we address people. Now, Liberians, they like missionaries, and I'm telling you, they do, and they're very receptive to them. As a matter of fact, as we go through Liberia, we have to go through multiple checkpoints. Be happy you live in a country that doesn't have checkpoints between cities, between states, between towns, because we go through a lot of them. And our Liberian friends said there's two people who get through checkpoints almost all the time. And I'm like, who are they? And they said, doctors get through every checkpoint. It's almost like you're a doctor, keep on moving. And I said, what's the other? And they said, missionaries. Missionaries get through every checkpoint. Now, it's not universal, but they're saying missionaries have done so much good in Liberia that everybody recognizes missionaries as being a positive influence in Liberia. So we get to keep on going, and I've seen that. We've never been held up for a long time at any checkpoint where our poor Liberian friends are stuck there for who knows how long. So they've been blessed by God through missionaries, and even the average person knows it. Then uh, number six, the final, is mission accomplished. They accomplished the mission. Look at verse 9. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now, it is one thing to plan a missions trip. It's another thing to complete it. And just like any other mission endeavor, it calls for sacrifice. It calls for stick 
You know it. Things just don't fall together. I'm here at your church watching all that you guys are doing, hearing about all you're doing, and I'm telling you, there's a history there. You're working on honoring God. You're working on doing the work of the ministry, and may the Lord bless you for that. These things just don't all fall together. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes effort. In a developing countries like Liberia, I'm just telling you, everything takes more time. Everything's more difficult. You name it, and it's more difficult in Liberia. And for Americans, it's enough to sometimes just drive you crazy. But the cool thing about it is, you know, you feel like, well, we're going to go to the bank. We need to take out some money, or we need to go to the store, or we need to buy this. You're talking half a day, maybe even a whole day, just to do those kinds of things. And all of a sudden, the world just begins to slow down. Slow down. Bill, slow down, Kathy, slow down. And the neat thing is, when things begin to slow down, we stop looking at the world as a checklist of things to accomplish, and we begin to measure our success differently, and we begin to relate better to people and to relate more closely with people, focusing not on projects and not on accomplishments, but building strong, long-term, trusting relationships with people. And I think that is one of the things that God wants us to do. You know, people don't want to know how much you know, you've heard this, until they know how much you care. And that is so true. And when things slow down in Liberia, we're actually more relaxed there and more able to share the gospel and the love of God with people. So let me ask you this, what is your approach toward missions? Are you concerned about your reception by others or are you more concerned what others will miss out if you don't do what God wants you to do? Are you afraid of being pushed away or are you more afraid of God pushing, I mean of people pushing God away? You know, the Bible says regarding those who carry the good news, it says they have beautiful feet. Now, I don't know about you, but most feet aren't that beautiful. You know, we tolerate the look of feet. But the Bible says for those who are actually bringing the good news of the gospel, it's described that they have beautiful feet. And I just want to let you know, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are a messenger and you are a missionary. And our last missions trip to Liberia involved a, a medical team where we were bringing the gospel into these remote villages, offering free medical attention along with sharing the gospel. And uh, one of the ladies who went on that trip was a nurse. And uh, we were all sitting around the table at our house in Liberia talking about all the problems that Liberia faces. And uh, it's kind of depressing to talk about those things. And here we have this U.S. Uh, missionary, voluntary, short-term mission missionary. And she just says, in the middle of talking about all that's wrong with Liberia, she says, why isn't the world doing something to stop this? And Kathy and I couldn't help it. We look over at each other and we begin to laugh. And here it's about a tragic situation, but we weren't laughing at her. We were laughing 
at the whole idea, because here you have this lady who's saying, why doesn't the world do something about this? And she sits thousands of miles from the comforts of her home. She raised the money to come here. She's helping people she never met before. And she's a part of God's plan for global missions. And we were so proud of her. She just didn't necessarily see that she was part of how God was working on the problems in Liberia. One person can make all the difference in the world. Amen? And that's why we laughed. It was the irony. Who's going to do something? And actually, she had taken up the cause. So we couldn't have been more proud of her, but it just made us silly. She didn't realize that she was the missionary making a difference. And I would just say this to you. How about you? What's standing in the way of you doing what God wants you to do in missions here at home and even globally? And Kathy and I would love to talk to you about this. There's a role that you can play both from home and on the field and the foreign field. And I would just say this. It's an inspiring thing to be a part of being on the planning and the implementation of what God wants us to do to impact the world with the truth and the good news of the gospel. And missionaries are here for the good of all mankind. Amen? Kathy, come on up and let's give them a little... Let's talk to you about Liberia specifically.